tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show the last show of this week, possibly the last show of the year. I don't want to say it out loud because I don't know what the future holds, but I will be going out of town early tomorrow morning until December 27th. We get back late the 27th, which is, I believe, a Wednesday. So let's just put it on the potential for a Thursday, Friday show next week. But I don't want to make any promises just because I need to also take care of myself. Daily Dose of Donna has been a five day a week show for almost 12 months and minus my trip when I went away to Europe in the summer. So I, um, I also need to like take a little vacation sometimes, sometimes. So I want to make sure that I take care of myself and my family priorities. And then also, of course, be here for you guys. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. I just want to take a moment before we get into today's show, which is filled with good stuff. Of course, I want to take a moment to give you all a moment of appreciation and gratitude uh, for what has been quite possibly one of the most whirlwind years of my life. And uh, I had no idea this was coming. I had no idea this was going to grow the way it did. It just blew up. And um, I pinch myself that that actually happened. I pinch myself because I just wanted to have another outlet to kind of talk about things I loved and to communicate. I love to talk. I always thought I was going to be a talk show host when I was seven years old. I walked around with a little tape recorder. I still have the tape. And I had a show called Good Morning Donna. And my name was Donna Diamond. And all I wanted to do was be a Barbara Walters. I just wanted to talk to people. I wanted to interview people. I wanted to connect with people. And that was like that dream. And then, of course, you know, life comes and goes, right? So you, I became a casting director, and then I became an agent, and then I worked and started my own business, and I was helping people build their brands and with marketing and podcasting and video and all that. And then all of a sudden, someone told me, like, if you're feeling a little bit like you're lacking something in your personal life, 
maybe think about what you wanted to do when you were a seven. So I did. And I had a podcast. I've had many podcasts. It's my fourth podcast. The Young Actor's Guide, This Mom's Life, and Show Up on Video are all three of my shows that did well. But Daily Dose of Donna was a baby, like a little personal baby passion project of mine. And I can't believe where it's gone. There's so many people to thank for that, the success of the show. Um, but I want to do a special shout out to Ray Goldstein, who is my moderator on my Facebook group. She is my partner in crime in this. She texts me. She checks in on me. Um, she's there for me. She protects me. She helps me kind of walk through this process. Um, and I couldn't do it without her. So I, it's really, really important for me to just take a moment to shout Ray out. And then um, I just want you to know how appreciative I am of you. And then, of course, there's other people. Lourdes, Sarah, thank you guys so much for helping through the months. But I just had to have that. I'm feeling very mushy. I'm feeling very emotional. I've been crying a lot in the last few days. I've had a very, very um, tumultuous 10 or so days. And I'm not going to be able to share it with you guys because I do have to keep certain parts of my life private. But it's been a very, very challenging um, few days for me. And Daily Dose of Donna is my escape. It's my baby. It makes me happy. It gets my mind off of the shit and the tough things that are happening in, in our world, in our lives, and in my home. And um, it allows me to just kind of like, just like let go and just have fun. And so for that, I will always, always um, love the show. I will. And you guys, you guys have been amazing. I just want to remind you for Patreon. I did my recap for episode three of the first season of Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I recorded it with Zach yesterday. So that episode will be released on Sunday, just like normal. And then because I normally do a one week additional episode, I decided I'm going to record something while I'm on vacation, whether it's tomorrow at some point in the car, but I'm thinking it'll probably not be. But at some point while I'm gone, I will be recording an episode talking all about tonight. Because tonight I'm going to the Jeff Lewis live show here in Los Angeles. Um, he's doing a show at the Bourbon Room. And uh, I'm doing a meetup with Sarah from Jeff Lewis Obsessed. And her her community is called the Chumpettes. And any dosers that are in town or available to come, we're meeting. All the information is on my Instagram. We're meeting at the W Hotel around 4 p.m. tonight. And then 5.30 six-ish is when, um, you know, people start entering into the bourbon room. So I'll be there tonight with Lance and it will be really, really fun. And if you can't get tickets to the actual show, although a lot of people are selling tickets, I notice, but if you can't get tickets on the actual show, at least try to come to the, um, to the meetup before like grab a drink. I'm not drinking, but you guys can grab a drink. I will drink a, um, I'm really into a lemonade spritzer really into, I want like, I want soda water with like a little like dash of sweet. I need something sweet. But I've also like when I'm drinking alcohol, I've never been a vodka soda girl. I could never do vodka soda. I could never do tequila soda or on the rocks. Oh, I always needed a mixer. So now it just like minus the tequila and vodka for now. Um, Where are tickets being sold out for tonight's show? So I think it's sold out. But if you do want tickets, you can check in like some Facebook groups. So post in my Facebook group, post in um, Jeff Lewis Obsessed. That's Sarah's Facebook group. 
and see what happens. I will try to see if anyone's out there selling. If you guys are selling, just make sure to post in the Facebook group and maybe someone can pick up tickets for tonight. Um, and last, last little uh, piece of news before we get into today's show, uh, my merch is selling. You guys are selling and buying. You guys are selling. You guys are buying my merch. I love it. It makes me so happy. I posted it yesterday on my Instagram stories. Let me try to see if I have the pictures available so I can show them to you guys right here. But my, um, my, my, my people are getting their merch. This is my girl, Tony. She's got her hat that says in my Bravo era. I love it. It's so cute. Mine's on my way on the way. Here's my Josh, Josh with his daily doser sweater. It looks so cozy. And then notice his mug. He's got, he's got the Sabin Robin mug. Everything tastes better with a little bit of tears. That is the, uh, that is the, what's it called? The, um, the tagline, everything tastes better with a lot of eyebrow and a little tear. So, so sweet. Love you guys. Um, make sure to go to dailydosepod.com slash store to buy your merch. Okay. You guys, did you hear what is going on in the Salt Lake city world? So we have heard many things about what this finale is going to bring us about Monica. Monica is the new, the newbie that is just like coming in hot, right? She used to work with Jen Shaw. She was definitely like, she's a scandalous one. She had an 18 month long affair with her sister's husband. No, her sister, her husband's sister's husband, <laughs> husband's sister's husband. And, um, and she also, you know, is not shy about like letting out her feelings. She has a very, very toxic relationship with her mom. It is a lot. It's a lot going on there. So what everyone has kind of been assuming is that she is the big secret that kind of comes out, which was in the finale preview. It was actually in the opening scene of Salt Lake City this season of Heather Gay, where it's like boots on the ground, cameras are shaking. Like it's definitely one of those scenes that the cameras were not prepared for. And she gets a call and she's like, what, what she's, she's been doing this. I can't believe it's her. Like obviously very upset. This was the first opening scene to Salt Lake city. And then now the entire show is like the flashback of what happened up until the scene. Well, this scene finally comes out next week. This is the, the scene of the, um, you know, uh, the call in Bermuda. And all we have seen in the preview is that Heather sits down with a bunch of the girls, Monica included, saying, um, you know, uh, saying, um, under my sweater, sorry, saying, under the, oh my gosh, it's fun when my kids are home from school. Um, when they're saying that, She's not our friend. She's been scheming against us. She's not our friend. And everyone has assumed that this is about this lawsuit. So around BravoCon time, Monica was there and she didn't communicate with any of the other Salt Lake City girls. Remember, she was all alone. So we heard this from multiple people, like that there was just no camaraderie between. Um, and and then... Um, so she basically had this moment where, where it came out that she was behind a, like a lawsuit against 
Beauty Lab, which is Heather Gay's shop, because she says she got botched laser, botched Botox, and Beauty Lab went after her because she didn't pay her bill of 2000 some dollars. So this entire season, we've been thinking that this phone call that Heather gets is definitely going to be about that. It's obviously going to be about the fact that she got this, you know, phone call. Oh my God, Monica has been suing me this entire time. And I've been pretending we're all friends and like, oh my God, oh my God. But yesterday... All kinds of things started popping out. Reddit went crazy. So many things came out that that it was potential. It, it's a potential that actually the real real drama between Monica is that she or of Monica is that she used to or currently still is behind an anonymous Bravo Twitter and Instagram account, guys. A lot of people were reporting on this yesterday. I got so many DMs about it. I'm going to pull up one post that I saw from, I believe it was Queens of Bravo. Queens of Bravo is a huge Instagram account. Also similar, you know, to any of these Bravo accounts. There's so many, right? We got like the face reality, the Queens of Bravo, the bi-wig hello drama, the um, Bravo and cocktails. Like there's so many that are just like this. But basically, the big drama is that it's potential. The potential is that Monica is behind an Instagram account that was called Dita Von Tease, maybe something like that. Very, very, very shady. And in the episode that happened yesterday or this week's episode, she's out on the water with Heather, they're like walking on the sand, just kind of like communicating over their argument at the pirate dinner. And she says to Heather, like, I don't think Lisa's behind this. I don't think Meredith's behind this, but I'm be- I could be behind this. And Heather's like, what? Are you joking me? No way. But then Monica posts on her Instagram stories yesterday, a screenshot of that from Queens of Bravo saying, not Monica telling on herself. And Monica writes on the top, been telling on myself. Are you new here? What's going on, guys? Is Monica behind a fake Instagram account to attack Real Housewives of Salt Lake City characters? Clearly, she is quite the scammer. Even if she didn't create this account, She is shady AF. Is it good TV? Yes. But now I feel like we're kind of airing on the Jen Shaw of it all, which kind of was good TV, but like gross. Like, I don't want to watch that. I know that this is like, it gets, it gets very, um, what's it called? It like toes, this toes the line. Sorry about the shaking. It toes the line of like, are we entertained by this or are we also like going into something that is like potentially legal shit? Really? Can you imagine meeting someone, a friend of yours who then goes and you realize that she's been like creating spam about you and like horrible posts about you on Instagram and pretending that she's just one of us, like a Bravo content creator and, and like, getting all the inside scoop, hanging out with you. You're getting drunk with her. You're telling her all about your life, your sex life, your your business, your shit. And she's going out there and she's posting about it. I, I don't know what is worse. Like, I honestly don't know what's worse. 
the affair with the 18 month, you know, brother, sister's husband's brother, sister's, uh, you know, accountant or the mom stuff or the shady beauty lab and laser stuff or this. I feel like it's all bad. Like, where is a redeeming quality in Monica other than I'm good TV? Now, a lot of people really like Monica, and I don't know I if this is true. If she's been behind this account, there's a couple things that need to happen. Bravo needs to do a serious recon on how they approve people to be housewives. Because this, unfortunately, is inexplainable. Like, when you hire someone to do, to be on a Bravo show, to be on any show, really, you usually do a crazy background check, right? You do all the checks. You check for legal records. You check for, you know, any sort of, like, drug and alcohol type stuff. You check for, I mean, anything legal, right? Like, any, if you've ever been in trouble with the the police or whatever, you probably want to check, like, identities and social securities. You do full background checks. I can't imagine that they don't do some sort of like, I mean, I guess they can't. How can they do it all? How in the world do you think Bravo would assume that a a potential housewife is behind a Bravo content creator account? How can they prove it? So you guys think that maybe Bravo actually knows? Huh. It's just interesting. If Bravo actually knew this, that she was behind that account and put her on the show, that is the worst of the worst. Like, how can Bravo ever recover from that? My guess is they didn't. I I don't know. But I just don't understand how they could have known. How could you ever? You're basically putting an inside source on your set. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I just don't understand. And yes, yes, like Debbie says, they cast Jenny, the racist on Real House as a Salt Lake City. See, this is the thing. They do hire problematic people left and right. But I think a lot of things just like by mistake get through their nose. I mean, how many times do old tweets resurface on a lot of people, right? So I don't know. It's really, really unbelievable. I just can't imagine how they could do this. But, you know... You're asking, don't you have to leave a phone number when you sign up for an Instagram account? Yes. And why can't you do a fake number? Like, think about how many fake accounts people have. Think about how many. I mean, I have like four different Instagram accounts for different like businesses that I've had over the years, right? Like I had a a female, um, like a mastermind community that I was running a couple of years ago with a lot of business owners. That's its own Instagram account. I have a branding online course that I sold I can't remember when. And I created an account just to sell that. So like I have a lot of business accounts. So if we have all these business accounts, I mean, I guess they're all under my shell, but I don't know if Instagram was able to get whatever. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's just bananas. So we'll have to see what happens on January 2nd. I think obviously they don't have an episode next week. And then there will be an episode we're going to find out at the beginning of the year if Monica is truly as shady as we all think she is, which I think she is because there's a reason no one's talking to her. Don't you guys think? All right. Let's talk about someone else that is living their best absolutely life. Mauricio Umansky is living his best life. His best life right now. Mauricio, former Dancing with the Stars, 
former Real Housewife husband, Kyle Richards' ex, still married but separated, Mauricio Umansky, is traipsing around Aspen, hanging out with all the young hotties. Hotties. The other day, he was stepping out with a 33-year-old influencer, Alexandra Wolf. I talked to you guys about that. She's gorgeous. She looks like a younger – she looks like Kendall Jenner, in my opinion – Today or yesterday, he's posting about him on the slopes with Lele Pons, who was also on Dancing with the Stars with him. She is an incredible, you know, dancer and singer, and she has like a very big Instagram following. And a woman who I had never heard of until today, her name is Anita, and she is, sorry, she is um, hanging out with Mauricio also. So they're all hanging out. They're all having fun. They're all friends. And they are really acting like they are in, I think they're in college. Like Mauricio, I'm just going to show you guys. These are the pictures that Mauricio is showing up on his Instagram account. It's him with the two girls. They're skiing in towels and nothing else. They look hot AF. Lance was very, very proud of Mauricio after seeing this picture. And then there's, you know, a reshare of a story of him dancing around in Aspen. He's dancing. He's in the kitchen. He's dancing to the Bee Gees. He's partying. Mauricio is living his best college life. My question really fast. Oh, and this is the video that he filmed of the two girls skiing down. I mean, this is a sick video. Just saying. Anita is a pop star, Brazilian, I believe, pop star that has over 64 million Instagram followers. You guys, Mauricio is getting seen. He's out and about. He's living his best life. He's hanging out with the young hotties. He's hooking up. He's drinking. He's partying. He's skiing. I think what happens is, and I could be wrong, but I think what happens is when you get separated, a lot of times you kind of go back to where you were before you got together. Like, for example, just say they were together, you know, 25 years. Mauricio is, I don't know, I'm just going to give him an age. Just say he's 50 and they were together 20, 27 years. So they met when he was 23. I don't think this is true or not. I don't know the numbers. So he's like kind of going back to those 23-year-old days, right? Like he's living it up. I have nothing against this. I think he needs to go live his freaking life. I think he needs to go party it up. Kyle is definitely living her own life. She's traveling out and about with Morgan Wade. She's doing the documentary. She's doing what's making her happy. I know right now she's in Mexico and she, I'm assuming she's with Morgan, but I, I don't know if there's any pictures to prove that. I think she's living her best life. I think their marriage is absolutely, absolutely done. I think they will not, get back together after this. And hopefully they can stay copacetic for the kids and everything can be fine. But I like that it looks like no one is really truly heartbroken. To me, this is like best case scenario. And maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this is a little bit best case scenario. Like Kyle is living her best life. She's feeling healthy. She's feeling, you know, she's not drinking, which is suiting her at this moment. She's working out a lot. She's with Morgan, who is making her very, I think, happy. She's got her, her, you know, um, documentary that she's producing. Mauricio is out on Aspen. He's parting it up. He's living it up. He's Latin lovering it up. My only question, my only question, where the hell is Portia? Guys, Portia is still like 15 years old. Portia is 15 and 16 years old. They do have kids at home still. They have one kid still at home. In fact, I do think Sophia and Alexia all live there too. 
I know Farah lives in a different home, but I think all their kids live in that house other than Farah. Where's Portia? It's winter break. Is she in Mexico with mom? She in Aspen with dad? Where's Portia? This is not, this is the only thing that I think is a little sad. Now, it's very possible that Portia and mom and dad have had many conversations and she's like, do you like live it up guys. I'm happy for you. Maybe Portia's in Aspen. Maybe she brought like a bunch of friends with her and she's partying in the house too with her friends and, you know, skiing every day, 15 years old, 16 years old. You're kind of like getting there, but I don't know. I don't know. I can't imagine that Kyle and Mauricio who have at least Kyle, we know who has really, really like lived on this, on this hill of, I am a mother first and I am a good mother. And we all know that she's an amazing mother. We've seen it and I'm watching it back on the first season. Like Kyle Richards is like mom extraordinaire. And my question is like, where do you put your kids in this equation? Because I really hope they didn't just say like, Portia, stay home with the nanny while I go to Mexico and live my best life and dad goes to Aspen to live his. I just can't wrap my head around it. This is still like I'm going to to Mammoth this weekend. My sister's daughter is, I think she's 14 now. She was born in 2008. She's turning, oh no, she just turned 15. She just turned 15. So she's very similar to Portia's age. Like she definitely has her own life and she brings her friends out and she has like, she does her own things all the time. But my sister and her husband would never like go on a vacation without them. It's like, where are the kids is my question. I don't follow them all on social, so I don't know if they're posting on stories, but I'm just so confused. I'm not against people going through divorces. I think it's absolutely good and fine if you want to get a divorce with kids. I'm very, very pro doing what's right for your family. But it's just interesting to see them both constantly traveling, constantly doing their own thing. I mean, Mauricio was spending so many hours at Dancing with the Stars while Kyle was out of town. So I just, I'm so confused by this, right? Anyway, we'll have to see how it goes. I hope, I think that they're going to, I get the feeling that they are good enough family parents and they're good enough, they're good enough people that they will, you know, stick it there. They will be there for their kids. That's honestly what I think. Okay. That's my feeling. So let's just kind of like transition into Beverly Hills and just some thoughts because I do have a heart out today. Um, because I have an appointment. So let's talk about Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Once again, I can't get enough of this show, this season. It is giving. It is giving everything. It's giving all of it. I am obsessed with Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Are you all, all as well? I just love it. So the beginning of the show, we see kind of like, again, meeting of the minds, right? We have one crew in one corner and another crew at another place. So the first crew that we see is Garcelle, Sutton, and Erica. And let me just tell you, Garcelle, Sutton, and Erica are the trio that I didn't realize I needed. How much did you love those three together? thought it was so fun to see them at the this bar drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. Pear martini, lychee martini, dirt, dirty martini, shot of tequila, drink, drink. I mean, these girls went to town and I thought it was really cute. And I'll get into what they talked about. But as these Real Housewives shows do, it's like one group is like this and the other group is like, uh, you know, they kind of go back and forth is at Kyle's house. So at Kyle's house, we have Dorit, 
and Anna Marie. It's the Encino crew. All three of them live in Encino. Going to Kyle's house to stand once again behind this bar. You know what's so interesting about Kyle Richards um, home is we know that this home is huge, right? We know that it's this like basically like palatial home and we've seen the outside of it. We've seen multiple times. We've seen like a little bit in the kitchen, a little bit in the dining room. We're always at that bar. That bar is just, you know, an absolutely like, uh, it's, it's like the mainstay of their home. Don't you guys realize this? That every single episode is at that bar. It's almost like they're getting paid to shoot at the bar. And maybe it's because Kyle has been promoting a tequila brand. Maybe the tequila brand has been in the corner and they just feel like we need to have this. What is this tequila brand, by the way, that Kyle's promoting? It was so strange to see on Instagram yesterday of all people, Kyle promoting a tequila brand. A, she's not drinking. B, with the whole tequila debacle last season with um, Kyle and Kathy at at Kimosabi. And then, um, and then, yeah, I just found it so odd. But money is money. So they're having, and I loved her spread. Her charcuterie spreads looked amazing. She had the veggie and dip. She had the cheese and crackers. And then of course she had like a little salamis and meat. She said it was Shabbat, meaning it was Friday night. They all get there. Anne Marie, Anna Marie, and Dorit. Um, everyone's having a couple drinks, except Kyle, of course, but everyone's kind of just chilling and talking. And their conversation once again goes around Sutton and her damn esophagus. And I'll tell you one thing, one thing, if Anna Marie continues to talk about this esophagus. I'm going to, you know, have an issue. Like, get what an uninformed woman. She says they're making fun of like choking. Oh, look at all this food. We can't choke. Ha 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 ha. This is one of those things that reminds me very much of the last seasons where Dorit and Kyle, Dorit and Kyle, when those two get together, they love to make fun of people. Do you notice that? They love to do it. They they did it in the kitchen with Sutton drinking. They did it with uh Garcelle and her kids, they and Erica, they did it with, I can't remember who else they did it with when they sat the four of them at dinner at, a, at another season with PK and Mauricio. Like Dorit and Kyle together are, are kind of mean girls, in my opinion, from what I see. I, I think they really love to talk shit. So they're making so much fun of Sutton and the esophagus. And then Anna Marie's like, I don't know what I did wrong, but like, I think I was just being honest. You know, I, I'm not feeling her, you guys. I really hope Anna Marie does not make too many more appearances on this show. So, um, you know, they're talking about Sutton. They're talking about that night. And then it gets very quickly into a conversation about Morgan Wade and the tattoos. Dorit is finding all about, finding out all about Kyle's new tattoo on her hip. The sixth t- tattoo, she finds out how she tattooed Kay on Morgan's body and Dorit's faces. I mean, Dorit really Fs up later in the episode, but in this scene, Dorit's faces are giving, oh, what? Let me just get this straight. Kyle, Kyle, I just don't understand. You tattooed, uh, uh, can I tattoo something on you? Can I? Should I tattoo on you? Would you let me tattoo? She was like freaking out over it. She's saying what we're all thinking, right? She's like, I got replaced. She did say something in an interview saying, you know, I felt like Kyle and I had a really strong friendship. We would go out of town all the time. We would always spend time together. And now I feel like I've been replaced. So I think it does feel like Dorit is, I, I think Dorit is hurt 
hurt, hurt, has some hurt feelings, don't you guys think? So the fun group over at Drinks, Garcelle, Sutton, and Erica are talking about all kinds of things. They're talking about the Denise drama from the THC night. They're talking about um, dating. They're talking about, like, they're just kind of going around the room talking about different things. And then Garcelle just kind of drunkenly throws out a comment that Sutton hooked up with one of her drivers. Now, I say good for Sutton. I say good for Sutton. Let her hook up with one of her drivers. Because you know what? We all saw Sutton on a date last night. I believe his name was, was it Rob? Was it Ken? Something like that. They went to La, La Boheme. Funny story of La Boheme. It's on Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood. They redid the inside, and I don't think it looked very good in the pictures last night. But in 2010, 2010, April of 2010, it was a Tuesday evening. And my boyfriend at the time, Lance Bowling, said, let's go to dinner. He drove us to La Boheme on a Tuesday night, so confused. And when I tell you that was the night that my boyfriend became my fiance. So La Boheme is a very, very special place for us. It was where he proposed to me. It's a beautiful restaurant. Didn't look so great in the picture and the videos, but they had the most awkward date. Sutton had the most awkward date of life with this man. And you know what the truth is? I wouldn't want to date this guy. And I really hope he does some self-reflection uh, while watching the episode because he's obsessed with his mother. And the only people that can be obsessed with their mothers, I think, are like under 18 boys. And that's it. I don't want my son to be obsessed with me when he gets older. If he's married in a relationship, has kids, whatever, I hope he loves me. I hope he supports me. I really hope he doesn't obsess over me. I hope he's not on dates and talking to them about me the entire time. Unless they're Daily Dose of Donna fans in the 35th year, you know? Okay. Sutton had the worst date ever, understandably. Um, but she's also so awkward. Like anything the guy was saying, she's like, okay. Oh, it's, I mean, Sutton is the queen of awkward right? So they're talking about Sutton making out with her driver. This is important because it comes up later. Lots of little things are happening here and there, but the most important thing is this Ako Taco Tuesday. No, it's not called Ako Taco. It's just called Taco Tuesday, but I call it Ako Taco because man, oh man, it was Ako. It was awkward. It was an awkward Taco Tuesday at Crystal Minkoff's house. Crystal Minkoff invited, and then this is when you get in trouble, is when you invite the housewives with the normies. I don't understand why people still do this. She invited the housewives with the normies. A lot of those normies I know. I've met them. I've hung out with them. One of the women that was actually at the THC party, her name is Nancy. Our kids were on the same baseball team a couple of years ago. So it was very interesting for me to see a lot of my, my like friends' friends, because I share a lot of friends with these girls, in this room with this crew. This dinner was horrendous. The food probably was fantastic. Crystal is a great hostess. You can tell. I wanted that food. Um, but immediately everyone's like uncomfortable because it was freezing as all. It was so, so cold. And everyone was like, why are we outside? It's so cold. It's so cold. Like everyone was complaining, Dorit being the top complainer of all. Then they move inside to continue drinking, getting food. It was very interesting. Dorit missed like, you know, loves to talk about other people. And we would just heard that Sutton doesn't eat. Dorit was like, wow, why did I just eat that shawarma and pita a couple hours ago? Why would you when you know you're going to a taco dinner? 
I don't know. So Dorit decided, Dorit woke up and chose violence on this day of Real Housewives because she decided I need to insert myself into some drama. I need to get myself into a situation where I can, you know, be asked back next season because everyone told me that I was bringing nothing last season. Lisa Rinna is no longer here. I need to create chaos. So Garcelle or Erica mentions in passing to Dorit about Sutton making out with the driver. And Dorit is having fun with this. And I thought this conversation was kind of cute. She was like, Sutton, what? And Sutton's like, it was like happy days. And Dorit is like, Sutton, why would you take something that is supposed to be sexy and turn it into happy days? Sutton. Okay, that was what was said. It was kind of cute. It was kind of sticky. It was kind of fun. But then they sit down for this kind of like hang around the couch, around the coffee table. Everyone's drinking their drinks. They're chatting. They've all eaten one bite of tacos. You know that's true. And they're sitting there. And all of a sudden, um, Dorit decides to really kind of go in on Sutton. She decides I am going, she says earlier, you know, Crystal is trying to kind of always create drama between Sutton and I, and I don't really know why. And she starts to talk about Sutton making out with the driver. Garcelle immediately comes to Sutton's defense because a lot of people are like, Garcelle always comes to Sutton's defense. But the truth is, Garcelle went to Sutton's defense because she spilled the beans here. Garcelle was the one that let out this information and shared it with Erica after a few too many drinks, thinking it was going to be a safe little story. And clearly Dorit was using it to embarrass Sutton. So she did. She started embarrassing Sutton with it. And she started kind of going after her about it. And, and Garcelle was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's cool that you're now giving her this because you're trying to embarrass her. Now, remember, just the way everyone was sitting, it was like Dorit, Garcelle, Sutton, Denise Richards, you know, like all, and then eventually the other girls come in. Erica, Lisa, I'm sorry, Erica, Kyle Richards, Kim Richards, which was a whole other story. Kim Richards is a trip and a half. All of them are on one side, and then Crystal and her friends are on the other. It was the weirdest thing. It was like a live audience for a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like, drama. It was crazy. It felt crazy. So Garcelle immediately was like, you know, I I think Garcelle immediately said to Dorit, whoa, 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 I don't think that's fair that you're using this to embarrass her. And Dorit is like, I'm not embarrassing her. I'm just simply bringing something up. But it was to embarrass her because she was trying to make Sutton look lame to, because amongst these like Beverly Hills women, these rich she-she women, to make out with your driver would be like akin to someone making out with their, you know, in the old days, like their help. I'm doing quotes, right? Like with their maid or something like that. That's how they probably envision this. So Sutton is pretty embarrassed by this. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think perfect. He's your driver. It's like a perfect date. Why wouldn't you, you know? They keep cutting over to Crystal's friends who are making faces like, ooh, ooh, ouch, e ah. It was really uncomfortable. But Gar when Garcelle said that, Sutton immediately, you know, explained the date and the, the making out with the driver. And she's like, big deal. It doesn't matter. It was fun. And Dorit says to Garcelle, I don't think it's fair that you just attacked me. Whoa. 
Whoa, whoa. This is not the first time we have seen so many different microaggressions from Dorit towards Garcelle over the course of the two seasons, especially this season. We've seen it now a couple of times, like in the lo- in the limo coming home from the Magic Mike Vegas weekend when Garcelle was just saying something and Dorit was like, whoa, Garcelle, stop yelling at me. She's like, I'm not yelling. This is clearly an indication that Dorit just sees anything Garcelle says as like bigger than it is, which for a you know, I can't speak obviously for myself, but from Garcelle's experience as a black woman, you cannot speak to a black woman in this way. And Erica explains it very clearly as a white woman speaking to a black woman who's just talking to you, just having conversation to call it attacking brings up a whole other layer. It's very, very layered. And it makes sense that Garcelle immediately shut down towards Dorit. Garcelle said Dorit lives in a bubble. She's She lives in a tiny little bubble and she's constantly just trying to, you know, she doesn't, she's not aware of everyone else's changes and, you know, realizations and, and everyone's woken up, like she calls it woke basically, but everyone's woken up to all these things and Dorit is just not able to do that. So Dorit immediately, immediately, was humbled down. She said, I apologize if I offended you. Thank you for educating me. Or something along those lines. And Garcelle said, it's not my job to educate you. And when I tell you, I have never seen Garcelle turn that fast. Garcelle is always very kind of like kind and sweet and smiley. And even when she was mad at Erica last season about the the Jax thing, she still spoke in a like a very Garcelle way. This this flipped, this flipped Garcelle, like big, right? So she went to, um, she went to a place of like, I'm not, it's not my job to educate you and I'm not doing it. She turned on Dorit and Dorit felt incredibly uncomfortable and turned her head and was like, okay, okay. Okay. And all these women are just staring at her. The way I just like felt so uncomfortable. The reason why this got brought up, now I remember, it's because Nia, one of Crystal's friends, who happens to be married to Bill Burr, hello, what a freaking star. Nia, who is, happens to be African-American too, in this moment, which makes the whole thing with Dorit going through this in front of Nia so much like more uncomfortable. But Nia had asked, so what happened in Vegas? Because earlier, the mean girls, Dorit and Kyle, came and told Nia, oh my God, you've been to the Magic Mike show? You're going to have to ask our friend tonight because one of our friends just went wild. You should talk about it tonight because of course, that's what they love to do. That's what Kyle loves to do. She loves to tell Anna Marie what to say. She loves to tell these people, like, say it, do it, go for it. I love Nia though. I really did. So Nia is the one that brought this up because she brought up to Sutton, what happened? Why did you go so crazy? And then Sutton had to like explain for herself. And that's when Dorit was like, but you did carry the dollar bills. Listen, Sutton acted badly that episode. No one can question that. She definitely made it about herself. She really like went off the radar. But the point is, is that she really did not, like she explained it and and like let, sometimes let people just have a bad day. I don't know. It's like, why can everyone have a bad day except Sutton? It's crazy. So anyway, um, so 
the second after this incredibly uncomfortable conversation where Dorita's like, okay, I guess I won't be educated by you. Okay. Two seconds later, she's like, Crystal, I need to talk to you because you told Sutton that I said that she was drinking in the room with da 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 in the mornings, putting vodka in her coffee. I'm, I need to talk to you. And she, and, and, and Crystal's like happy to talk about it. Dorit was seeking, searching, and like begging for someone to recognize that like she needed to start drama. It was really wild. And she kept getting shut down left and right. Like her stories never worked. She tried this and she got shut down. She tried this and she got shut down. She tried this and she got shut down. It was a bad look top to bottom for Dorit. Dorit had the worst episode I've ever seen on Real Housewives. And that includes the pretty woman scene. So the final part of the show was the moment between Denise Richards and Erica. And Erica has been waiting for this all day long because Erica knew that she had to have brought up to Denise Richards that she is on OnlyFans. Because the reason why Denise was so mad at Erica at this THC dinner was something that happened four hours ago, was something that happened four hours ago, or four years ago, so sorry, four years ago, where she was um, at a group party at Denise's house, and Erica mentioned very loudly in front of the girls, the 14-year-old daughter at the time, about threesomes. And Erica was like, I apologize for doing that, but if your kids have access to phones, they are seeing that. And Denise is like, they are my children. And Erica goes, your daughter is on OnlyFans. And Denise was like, why are you bringing up my daughter on OnlyFans? And Erica said, so who does better on OnlyFans, you or Sammy? Guys, 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 Denise is not capable to be on this show. She does not, she doesn't have it. She doesn't have the ability to come back at people. She can start shit, but she's not witty enough. It's like she, she starts the problem, but doesn't know how to go for it. And she was not expecting Erica to come back at her with that. If anything, she thought Erica was going to concede like she did at the THC dinner to be like, I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know, guys. Dorit looked awful. Kyle sat there the entire time loving every second of it. Did you guys notice Kyle's face every time they cut it over to her? She was just like, ooh, ee, ah, the reactions. But Kim Richards wins character of the year, star of the year, because Kim Richards and her scarf. I can't, I can't wrap my head around Kim Richards. She is an enigma wrapped in no cash. She's so, like, just frenetic. What's the word? Frenetic. Like she's just like, she's all over the place. She's like, she's like, ee, ee, oh, ah, ah. she doesn't have like the right reactions. She's so awkward in her reactions. Everything she says. I love that she was watching everyone back and forth like a tennis match. She had food in her scarf. She had a towel in her scarf or like a tissue in her scarf. She's just the odd person. She's like the weird woman on the street. She cracks me up. She cracks me up. I love a Kim Richards sighting. I think it's interesting that Kyle is now bringing her around everywhere she goes. I don't know what that's for. I don't know if it feels like she needs to just have her partner in crime or someone to have her back. But Kim is not the person that would have Kyle's back well. We've all seen seen Kim try to argue in the past, and she's just not good at it. So I just find it all so interesting. Maybe it's to get the attention off of Kyle. 
I don't know. I wonder how this all what goes down though, because Crystal and Kathy Hilton are so close. And meanwhile, Kyle is not talking to Kathy, but she's at Crystal's house with Kim. Like, is it also that Kathy finds out? I have no idea. Not even sure what the whole um, goal of it all is. But the point is, it was an amazing episode. As always, Beverly Hills, what a thrill. Thank you for giving. And Miami was on too, but I don't have time to do an entire recap. All I can say about Miami, the things that really kind of shined and 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 brought me out of it were I hated the way that the girls went after Lisa as a parent. It was rude. It was rude. It was mean. I don't believe they should be going after Lisa when she's already so down. I think Lisa's actually a really cute mom. I've seen her around her kids on the show now for so many times. Maybe, maybe not. Didn't love that. Nicole's relationship with her dad made me so sad because we know that it's been very, very challenging and her dad just died in real life. And so to see that scene and they looked like they actually were getting along and having fun and like just like shooting the shit, it made me sad. Um, And I don't think, I mean, a few different things happened in the episode, but I really don't think anything. Miami is a great show. It's fun to watch, but it's not giving that like, whoa moment like Beverly Hills is. Beverly Hills, Dorit, walking into shit, Ako Taco Tuesday. Anyway, I appreciate you guys once again. I will hope to have one more episode this year. If not, make sure to follow along on Instagram, join the Patreon and catch up on all those old episodes and see whatever new I'm going to drop with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills rewatching. Um, I had a great time this year with you guys, just in case I don't come back. But if I do, I'll say it again. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for subscribing, following, giving a five-star review rating and all that. Make sure to hit the like button. And make sure you're subscribed and I will see you guys soon. Bye. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.